When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. In this next story, I thought I was looking at a parody story like in The Onion or one of those other parody newspapers. But this came from the Daily Mail, a fairly reliable source from overseas. It says, Kindergarten cop is canceled. Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1990 comedy is pulled from the Oregon Film Festival for, quote, romanticizing over-policing children, unquote, and is compared to Birth of a Nation. Kindergarten Cop was pulled from a drive-in movie festival in Portland, Oregon this week. Critics denounced it as celebrating the school-to-prison pipeline. They compared the 1990 comedy to an explicitly racist 1915 film called Birth of a Nation. In place of Kindergarten Cop, a second showing of a film celebrating the late Representative John Lewis. Kindergarten Cop was filmed in Astoria, Oregon, and had originally been selected for the festival due to its importance to the state's history in filmmaking and to honor the 30th anniversary of the film. However, anti-police critics led by local author Lois Levine said the PG-13 comedy movie promoted a, quote, school-to-prison pipeline, unquote, and further romanticizes over-policing. Primarily, this is because in one scene, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who plays a cop who in the movie has to assume the role of a kindergarten teacher, is seen marching kindergarten-aged children around the classroom while blowing a whistle. Yes, Kindergarten Cop is only a movie, but so were Birth of a Nation and Gone with the Wind, according to Levine, and we recognize films like that as not being good family fun. They're relics of how pop culture feeds racist assumptions, she said. Schwarzenegger portrays a police officer going undercover as a kindergarten teacher in order to catch a drug dealer who is targeting his own ex-wife and son. The main character, Schwarzenegger, who has no teaching experience, plays the part of Mr. Kimball and is shown struggling with classroom management before finding his passion for education and considering changing his career from policing to teaching. The decision to pull Kindergarten Cop from the festival lineup was met with much skepticism. Even Senator Ted Cruz wrote in, Hollywood, afraid of the mob, will keep funding these people trying to erase any speech or movies that don't conform. What was that famous line from the movie? Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Which brings me to my next commentary about the movie Kindergarten Cop. Why hasn't the transgender, adedictomy, 57 gender crowd not already called for this movie to be removed? After all, the little boy says, Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. And that goes against everything the Heinz 57 gender bender crowd wants everyone to think. How's that go again, young man? 
Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Thanks for the tip. I've been looking for your sweet and sour chicken ass. I kill you, man. Go ahead. Yeah? Only right, go ahead. Put your gun down. Fight like a man. What'd you say? Fight like a man. Fight like a man. I'm gonna kick your ass. You know, I'm gonna take your ass to jail. The last clip from the Rush Hour series with Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, where the exchange between Chris Tucker and the Chinese character says, put your gun down and fight me like a man. I'm wondering why that hasn't been removed by the feminist crowd. Fight like a man? Hmm. There may be lots more censorship coming to movies near you as theaters pander to different movements. Pretty soon, there will be no entertainment value to any movie. Not that there's much entertainment value to what's being made nowadays, anyway. Hey Earl, it's me, J-Bob. What are you and Minnie doing this coming weekend? Nothing, nothing at all. Well, instead of staying to the house, why don't you come on down to Austin and watch the protest with me? It'll be fun, and it sure beats sitting over to your house watching Bubba make three hours of left-hand turns or losing another NASCAR race. Besides, they say the Blue Lives Matter car is racist, so they ain't a letting it a run this weekend. I ain't watching no more NASCAR myself. Come on, Earl. Come on down to protest with me. I hear the snowflakes are whining about the cops and the cops are gonna use the real tear gas and rubber bullets and everything. I hear they got one in their water cannons too. It's gonna be so much fun watching those rioters are running away with their tails tucked between their legs. Hey, I'll bring the beer, the lawn chairs, and we can watch from the bed of my pickup. You know, the big black four-wheel driving with the blue line down the side. The one with the rolling coal smoker exhaust system, Charlie Daniels music a blaring, and my new train horn a blasting. Yeah, the one with the stars and bars flag in the bed. Like I said, Earl, it sure beats sitting to the house watching Chris Cuomo align to that television set again. All right, I'll see you there. The Austin, Texas Department of Tourism invites you downtown this weekend. It's going to be a riot. Listening to the Truth Hurts program is the highlight of my day. Okay, it really is not, but that's what Steve Z told me to say. I am not oppressed because I am a computer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's the afternoon edition of Thirsty Thursday here on the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. The madness continues. Remember when I told you that the term master bedroom was actually being officially removed as a real estate term by the National Association of Realtors? Remember when I told you that Augusta National Golf Course is considering and being pressured to change the name of the Masters Golf Tournament? Well, it's all happening. I wonder if academia will now be forced to change the master's degree to something else. Every once in a while, I see a story that really chaps my ass, and I tell you what, this one has gotten me to the point of almost needing to check my blood pressure. A so-called expert, Center for Policing Equity CEO and co-founder Philip Antibagoff, was interviewed on CBS This Morning. He talked about how a simple rethinking in the definition of racism 
can lead to big changes in racial bias in policing. Let me repeat that. He talked about how simple rethinking in the definition of racism can lead to big changes in policing. Now, first of all, changing the definition of a cat to DOG does not make a cat a dog. Changing the definition of milk does not make milk an apple. And changing the definition of racism won't change the fundamental issues surrounding race relations in the United States. It won't change the fundamental causes of biased thinking on any side of the race issue. I guess the thought could be that if you change the definition of racism to mean, quote, white people hating black people is racist, black people hating white people is okay, all cops are automatically bad and racist, unquote. Well, that change of the definition might help one side of the race issue, but that's fairy tale nonsense. Racism is whenever any one person of any race takes an action against any one person of any other race, or when any one person of any one race expresses ill will or speech towards any person of another race. Black or white, Asian or Indian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Any person of one race against any person of another race or that entire race, period. That is racism. You can't change that definition. Sorry, you, Mr. Goff, are not Merriam-Webster. Now, before I go into Mr. Goff's spiel, I want to propose to you the following story. Clear your mind for just a moment. When you think of a wolf or a lion or a bear or a snake, what is the very first thought that pops into your head? Wild animal? Vicious predator? Nasty, mean varmint? Likely, this is something like what you're thinking of. Now, why is that? Well, because when men and women were settling new lands in a time long before airplanes and cars and air conditioning and grocery stores and horse and buggies even, a time even before houses, man had run-ins with wolves and lions and snakes and bears and other wild animals. And those encounters often resulted in men and women and children being attacked, injured and killed by those wild animals. Can we at least agree on this? Sure we can. Any common sense bearing, reasonable thinking person would agree. The danger factor, the flight or fight reaction, the defend your ground or run like hell reflex built into the autonomic nervous system of every human being and every animal for that matter is triggered. And now millions or thousands or okay, let's say hundreds of years of evolution in the United States later have taught mankind to stay away from bears, lions, snakes, and wolves, because they can attack you. You could apply this same thought process to the reason why we stay away from forest fires and volcanoes, the reason we evacuate when we know a hurricane's coming, the reason we seek shelter from a tornado. It's also the very same reason why people have fear or animus or prejudged opinions about certain groups of other human beings. When you live in a community, a neighborhood, a city, some place where people reside or work or play, there is a certain expectation that you will not be attacked by a wolf, a lion, a snake, or a bear. There is an expectation that your community has been built 
to accommodate potential weather disasters or fires, and that there are effective shelters in place where you can go in case of an event, and that there are fire trucks, and yes, even policemen, to protect your property and your person in case of an attack. If a large alligator appears in the pond at your local park and it eats a couple of Shih Tzus while those Shih Tzus are taking a short walk, for example, a reasonable person would expect the city to have a professional come out and remove the dangerous alligator from the pond. Can we agree on that? Of course we can. Well, boys and girls, that's exactly what the cops do. They remove the bad, the attacking, the violent, the vicious wild animals. Yes, human beings are animals. Do not forget this fact. The cops remove the wild animals from society and deposit them in facilities that offer either rehabilitation or simply imprisonment to those wild animals so they don't attack innocent people again. If you've ever seen a wild animal being caught by a professional wild animal getter, you see that the wild animal will try to run or will turn and attack the wild animal getter. Why? The wild animal wants to be free to attack whenever its little wild animal heart desires. And the wild animal getter? He wants to protect himself from being attacked, knowing the general behavior of the wild animal. So he employs measures to not only get the wild animal, but also to keep himself from getting hurt while doing his job as a wild animal getter. Pretty simple, right? Now back to the story on CBS This Morning with Mr. Goff. Mr. Goff says that you have to change the definition of racism from that of attitude to that of behavior. He says that if you want people to stop engaging in biased behaviors, you must first change the behavior directly. He says that when this happens, it becomes less about character and more about things that we can actually do. In policing, he says, to turn down the temperature of the situation, and that would change policing behavior. He says it's not about who someone is, but rather about what someone does, the behavior. Goff discusses how we think generally about a person or a group of persons based on beliefs about that person or groups of persons, and that is based on their behavior. Bravo, Mr. Goff, you hit that nail right on the head. He uses the example, quote, if you think of a person as a liar, your general belief is that he is lying when he speaks. But the actual truth is not that every word the person's saying is a lie. Somehow, sometimes what he does say is true. But the general consensus of that person is a liar. Thus, when you see that person, your general thought is that whatever he says is going to be a lie. So you prejudge that person as a liar, and therefore you discount every word that person says. That is prejudice, pre-judging. Goff then explains why a person would lie, saying that that particular person probably lies in the same situation where anyone else and everyone else would lie. Like in situations where they're motivated to lie, or when they think they can get away with the lie, or when they feel that the punishment for telling the lie is not that great. Now those are his words, not mine. He goes on to say that lying is the behavior and that judging someone as a liar is the attitude. 
He says changing the behavior to affect the attitude is easier than trying to change the attitude in order to affect behavior. Mr. Goff actually gets paid to consult police and sheriff's departments on excessive use of force. He cited an example and said that, quote, foot pursuits cause more excessive force than other confrontations, unquote. He said that a cop is forced to chase a suspect on foot, that cop's adrenaline level rises. The cop becomes angry that he had to chase down a suspect. He further says that the cop is more suspicious because cops know it is a bad guy. Because who runs from cops? Bad guys. Duh! What an expert. If a person is trying to get away from a punishment, as you said before, Mr. Goff, or you thought he could get away with it, motivation? Hmm, why is the person running? Will he turn and attack? So of course the cop is naturally more aggressive and more wary when he finally takes down the suspect. Because fleeing suspects become fighting suspects, you idiot. Mr. Goff says that even after a foot chase ends when a suspect's being taken down, and even if that suspect shouts, please don't hurt me, it is very likely that the suspect will get a shot to the ribs for simply making the cop run after him. Goff suggests that retraining cops to quote, and this is an exact quote, not touch the suspect until you count to 10, and not touch the suspect until someone else arrives, unquote. Counting to 10 is a way to de-escalate? No, my friend, counting to 10 gives the perp 10 seconds to run away from you, or 10 seconds to mount an attack against you. Obviously, Mr. Goff has never been a police officer, has never taken down a suspect, has never been involved in a foot chase. The CBS reporter reminds this guest that he was working with the Minneapolis Police Department three years ago, and that's where the criminal George Floyd was killed by cops. He asks Mr. Goff, did your program fail? Mr. Goff responds by saying, well, perhaps it was ignored. Perhaps the cops were simply waiting for the chief of police to change to another chief of police and that some cops are simply sitting back waiting on a new chief or a new program or a new attitude. And the cops simply ignored his training because they're bad cops. So based on what Mr. Goff says, we must first need to change the behavior of the parties involved, right? because you change the behavior in order to change the attitude. Those are his words, his professional, highly paid consulting fee words. Now that, Mr. Goff, in my opinion, would include changing the behavior of the parties involved. First, the criminals. Change the criminal behavior. Stop teaching your young children that it's okay to get away with it if you think you can get away with it. Stop teaching your young people that it's okay to disrespect law enforcement or any authority. Stop teaching your young people that it's okay to commit a crime if you think that you will achieve more by committing the crime than the punishment will afford you if you get caught. Stop teaching the young people that it is okay to commit a crime just because you think you or your ancestors were treated unfairly. Yes, Mr. Goff, change the behavior of the parties involved. One thing Mr. Goff neglected to mention in his entire rambling judgment of how things should be, he forgot to say, change the behavior of the criminals. He went directly to change the behavior of the cops. The cops! 
He said that by training cops to do those silly things, like counting to 10 before laying hands on a suspect or breathing, things will de-escalate. Mr. Goff, again, I submit that you have never been a law enforcement professional. You've never had to take down a fighting or fleeing individual whose purpose in life is not to just flee or fight, but to be able to be free to commit another crime. Because that person is obviously fleeing because he did something wrong and does not want to be caught. And he will fight and he will run. So how is a cop supposed to stop and subdue a fleeing suspect if he is not able to put his hands on that subject? Once the suspect is in custody, I do agree that once the wild animal is in cuffs and no longer able to flee or able to fight, has been subdued, it should be a basic hands-off scenario. That is, of course, unless the suspect starts kicking, spitting, biting, trying to get up and run. You see, Mr. Goff, you missed the crucial point in your lesson. I guess hoping that the audience of the CBS Morning News program is too ignorant to miss this subtle miss, to miss this subtle omission. Criminals need to change their behavior, not just the cops. And that, Mr. Goff, is something sorely lacking in your articulate speech to the pandering news network, conveniently neglected to mention even once that the criminals and their criminal behavior is the root of the problem. Did it ever occur to you, Mr. Goff, that the prejudging attitudes that people in general, and of course those real-world experts that deal with a certain element of our society, have to deal with? Did it ever occur to you, Mr. Goff, that those people in society do so? They prejudge people based on a history of the actual behavior of those people? They prejudge people based on their actions, their behaviors, their physical doings. You see, just like man who has for years and years and years of evolution learned to not trust a growling dog foaming at the mouth because the dog might kill him, many Americans have learned through over two centuries of bad behavior that a certain element of American society who fits a certain description has and will and does commit the majority of crimes despite being the minority of population and they have and they do attempt to fight and to flee when being chased down by law enforcement and they have and they do fight when they're in custody for what mr goff they fight because their behavior has taught them to fight because they were somehow taught that committing crimes is okay if you are of a certain demographic. You forgot to mention that, Mr. Goff. You also forgot to mention that many ignorant, stupid white people are also killed by the police when they too fight, attack, and flee the cops. What an idiot. We'll be back. Well, that's about all the time we have for on this shortened edition of the Afternoon Truth Hurts program for your Thursday, August 6th, 2020. You know, every morning I get up and I say, they must be just trying to one-up themselves from the stupidity of the day before. But each day it gets worse 
and worse and worse. This is the Truth Hurts program. Music by Audionautics. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hopefully, we have provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, but that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. That's how it works. When all is said and done, usually more is said than is ever done. So if you are actually going to go out and do something today, please make it a worthwhile endeavor. Until next time, this is the Truth Hurts Program.